Hey, Michaela. Yeah. Do you get travel sick? Yes. Have you, like, ever had a really, you know, one of those painful examples where it's like, you just wished you were dead? Uh, I have had a brown paper bag um, experience on mm. a flight, oh, unfortunately no. going up and going down on oh. one of those small aircraft. And I worked in radio at the time, and the whole breakfast team on air talent and half the plane that I worked <laughs> with saw me vomiting in this bag up and down. So I don't, I don't do little aircraft. You don't do small planes. No. Oh, dear. Welcome to the Tradings Business Show. Helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome back to the Tradies Travel, I mean, Business Show <laughs> with uh, Woz and. Don't sit next to me on a plane. Michaela. Michaela. <laughs> uh, I'll remember that next time we travel, yeah, no. air travel. Especially if it's regional, like a small plane. Mm. No, I'm shocking. So when we do our Tradies Business Show Regional Roadshow, I'm guessing we're hiring like a, I don't know, one of those juicy vans or something. Well, the problem is I can't be a passenger either. I get sick. I get really bad car sickness as well. Do you have like control issues or something? Oh, no. You get sick when you're not in control of the thing. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. I'll we'll have to talk my, to your husband about this. I need to get my pilot's license then. No, no. <laughs> There's a goal for you. Yeah, but no, I don't, I'm not a good traveller. Well, g'day listeners. Great to have you on the show. Uh, today's episode, we're not talking about brown paper bags, unless they've got money in them. Then mm. we'd talk about that. Uh, but we're going to talk about something other than Michaela's travel sickness. Which I'm sure is much more interesting. <laughs> and uh, we're instead going to dive into the world of making it easy to buy from you. Uh, what, what are you saying? Most people are easy to buy for? Well, I have a service, I have a phone number, just ring me up. Yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? But as consumers, I think uh, it's 2015, uh, we have a thing called the internet and social media and smart devices and uh, people are a lot more savvy and definitely a lot less patient these days. So I, I see this time and again with businesses that I deal with as a consumer and unfortunately with some of uh, our listeners and my clients as well. I notice some people maybe have just uh, perhaps lost a bit of perspective on what it's like to do business with themselves. And it's a tough thing to do. It's like the old uh, coach's analogy in golf that you can't see yourself swing. And that's why it's so important to have a coach or somebody outside of your business or your life to actually give you honest feedback and critical feedback because it is hard for us to see ourselves doing what we're doing. And I think the same is true for us in business and particularly when we're busy or we're growing. Um, we're so focused on what we're doing as the business owner or the leader in the business that we actually lose touch with what it's like to be on the other side of the cash register in our businesses. So um, it's something that I see and I'm not going to name and shame or anything like that. I do have a few people in mind uh, when I talk about this. Uh, and g'day if you're listening. But um, but but to be honest, uh, I think there's some fundamental things that we need to look at in our businesses on a regular basis and just be aware of. And there's some things that we can do to actually test that and get some feedback from our customers. So what should be some fundamental things that we should be looking at? Well, I think if you sat down and mapped out the process of dealing with you as a customer, you would get some really good insights into some of those 
touch points that people have with your business. And if you haven't done this, if you're listening and you haven't done this, then I strongly suggest that you sit down with a good old-fashioned pen and some of that white stuff called paper. Lots of us don't use much of it anymore. Um, and actually just draw out a, a bit of a flowchart or a timeline of from when a consumer first picks up the phone or sends you an email and says, hey, I'm interested in this or that that you offer. Uh, can you tell me how much or whatever the, the way that they engage with you is? And just jot down the steps or you know put some boxes what are the main steps in that process from that inquiry to you going out and perhaps doing a quote or booking the job in how is that done who does it um, what do you say and just map that out as a bit of a flow chart and most of us are familiar with doing a flow chart for something and that will give you some ideas as to okay well here's all the points where there's communication between us and a client or this is where we take the money or this is where we deliver the quote or the proposal and then you can start to work on those different stages or those different elements in terms of making that easy and making it very fluid because it should feel very easy for me to do business with you. Uh, and I, I got involved in an interesting conversation on social media recently. Most conversations on social media are probably anything but interesting these days. But uh, somebody that I know put up a, a comment about retail and old school retail where you actually go into a shop. You know that kind of retail? Yeah. It still exists. <laughs> so uh, he'd unfortunately had an all too common experience where he went into a store. Um, he was trying to support the local guy uh, because he believes in that. He wanted to buy a particular item. They didn't have it in his size, which is a very common size. It's a high, uh, a, quite a popular product line. And their response was basically that they could order it and have it there in a week or two. He promptly went home, jumped online, uh, ordered the same item in about 10 minutes, and it arrived on his doorstep, I think it was 24 or 48 hours later. So the problem is retailers bitch and moan about online retail killing them off and how people don't support local. They go in and try stuff on and waste their time, and then they go home and buy it online because it's $5 cheaper. It's like, you know what, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I buy the same pair of pants or the same pots and pans or something for five bucks less or ten bucks less without all the parking hassles and all the other stuff that goes along with going to the shop to get it i'd be stupid if i was a consumer like if i was coaching people on buying stuff i'd say just buy it online it's cheaper and you save yourself time and stress so i think retailers have got a lot of work to do there and catching up to what the market actually wants and that's the key point is They've also lost touch, I believe, with what the market wants. And for you listening to this show, I would hazard a guess that you've probably bought something online. And if you haven't, I'd almost guarantee that your spouse or your kids or your, you know, one of your family members or your mates have bought something online. Uh, so, you know, it's like the whole thing of adapt or die. Now, where this is a challenge for tradies is you would say, well, you can't buy plumbing online right yes and i can't buy a tiling job online nope well you kind of can mm. so here's where innovation becomes really powerful so if you look at your flow chart that you've just drawn and you have a look at that first step in the process of customer picks up the telephone and rings me right now the phone's been around for a while uh, I think it was Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. It was a long time ago. Mm. Some smart dude, anyway. A couple of tin cans and a bit of string. 
been around for a while. It's an old way of communicating. Now, yeah, they've got smaller and mobile and all that sort of stuff, um, but I still have to dial the number and talk to you, and some people really like doing it, and that's great. And we had an episode recently where we talked about should you have a mobile or a landline, or both. Um, but the thing is, it's an older way of communicating, and some people don't like talking to other people on the phone. And often, the time when I actually think of wanting that product or service is not between 8.30 and 5 when your business is answering the phone, perhaps. It's probably at 8.43 p.m. when I'm sitting on the couch and the wife complains to me for the 73rd time this month that the front stairs are falling apart or when am I going to replace the, uh, I don't know, the light globe in that in the storage room or whatever it is, okay? Yep. And then I've got to write myself a note and remember the next morning and I ring and you're busy so you don't answer your phone or it goes through to your voicemail I get some stupid recorded message and that drives me nuts because I hate leaving voicemails and listening to recorded messages with seven options for which number to press. And so I ring somebody else or I just don't do anything about it. And if you're that tradie, you've missed a sale, okay? Mm. So online booking could be one way or one extra thing to offer that is a level of innovation that's actually really easy to do these days. Um, and it could just be that I book a callback. Even Telstra can figure this one out. Um, is I can put my details in on my mobile number and it literally just sends you a basic message from your website that says, Ring was a, he's got a dodgy light in his storeroom and here's his phone number. And then you're in control of the contact. And you can ring me on your phone the next morning at 8.30 and say, Hey, Wazza, it's Bob, the electrician here, just getting back to you about your inquiry last night. How cool would that be? Mm. That's going to set you apart from the other trade businesses who just have a mobile number listed or a fixed line if they're in that camp uh, on their website if they have one um, or in the yellow pages. So it's just about thinking a little bit differently, but thinking about how your consumers make buying decisions, not how you think they should or how it's or, always been done. Or what's convenient to you. Yeah. No one gives a shit about what's convenient for you. No. Not not when they're customers, right? No, and what's convenient to you is having jobs booking and making money. So you need to really look hard at how your consumer, from their point of view, how they're dealing with you. Do- doctors' surgeries are a classic example of this. And I think we've both got a, a story. I'll share. Can I share mine first, Michaela? Go. And then yep. you, so I'll share the old way, right? And this is the way probably the majority of surgeries do it, doctor's surgeries, is I made an appointment recently and uh, so I wasn't feeling very well. I, I had, well, it's not, I didn't have the man flu. I've just got a chest infection. You can probably hear that I'm still a bit, uh, bit hoarse. And that wasn't from shouting at the football on the weekend. Um, made an appointment. Yes, I managed to get in. Like, I rang in the morning and I got in that afternoon. Very happy about that. Give me some drugs, man. Uh, I turned up for my 3.30 appointment and at 4.17, I got called in for my appointment, which took about five and a half minutes and I got the prescription that I knew she was going to give me anyway. She proceeded to ask me a whole bunch of other dumb questions that had nothing to do with the drugs she gave me, but she just wanted to update her records or some crap that they could have sent me an email about. And uh, and I was on my way an hour later than the 3.30 that I'd booked the appointment. So in that hour, I was sitting there thinking of all the other stuff that I could have been doing and getting so cranky at these buggers and reminding myself, this is why I don't go to this doctor's surgery. But you know what? I went there because they were the only ones that had an appointment left, Right. Now, I'm sure that's how probably 97% of GPs run their practices, and 
I've had a debate with a guy about this, a GP, years ago, and he said, well, we don't know how long the appointments are going to take, Warwick, because there could be guys like you that come in, just give me some drugs, and then there's old Mrs. Smith that has, you know, every ailment known to man, and she takes, you know, 27 minutes in her 15-minute allotted appointment, but you know what? As a consumer, I couldn't give a toss. I don't care that you can't manage your calendar, and... That really, that really grinds my gears. It frustrates the crap out of me. Can you tell? Yes. That's why I never go to the doctor. <laughs> I have to be almost dead to go to the doctor because like, these guys are just going to waste my time. And I, I get that. And I do think doctors may be a little bit different. Now, my mother was a nurse <laughs> from a medical centre, so maybe I have a, a skewed view of it. This, that isn't, is, this isn't the doctor's business show, fortunately. No, so. <laughs> but I want to give you an example of a doctor that I go to. Uh, so I can book online. So I can actually go and see her appointments for the whole week. And instead of ringing up an apprentice, a receptionist and going through all the different options, I can just quickly look what will suit my calendar and I book it in. Mm. So I probably go three times, not more than I have to, but I don't, I'm going more frequently because it's easier for me to book. Yep. When I go there, um, the first time I went there, I got an iPad to fill in my details. Yeah. So I quickly typed everything in. I get SMS reminders of my appointments. So I don't forget. I get email reminders as well if I, I did that option. And yeah, okay, this doctor occasionally does run late as well. But if you go there and you had to wait more than 20 minutes, they encourage you to let the receptionist know you've been waiting for 20 minutes or more. They mightn't be able to do much about it. Maybe they can give you the option to reschedule. Mm -hmm. But at least there's that level of customer service there. So it's very easy for me to buy. It's easy for me to reschedule at the last minute if I don't have to. I'm not someone that particularly likes ringing and talking to people on phones, so anything mm -hmm. I can do online. Yep. Um, but it's also about, you know, they're trying to accommodate us as much as possible by me saying, hey, you know, you guys are running late. How far behind? And they encourage you to, to yeah. say, you know, we're run you know, if you've been waiting longer than 20 minutes to let us know. They're at least doing something to acknowledge that this particular challenge exists, and they're they're, they're making an effort, right? Mm. It's it's not a perfectly elegant solution, uh, and I I tell you what, I had it all solved when I was sitting there on Friday afternoon, oh, uh, feeling terrible. But like, imagine if uh, I got an SMS, which you could automate all this stuff these days, and you know this sounds really uh, really nasty, but honestly, they had three receptionists sitting at the front counter that appeared to be doing not very much other than chatting about what they were doing on the weekend, that could have actually been sending out text messages to the upcoming six or ten appointments, telling them that you were booked for 3.30. Um, at the moment, uh, you know, your appointment is expected to be taken at 3.45 or 4 p.m. because there was four bloody people ahead of me when I got there at 3.25. So there's no way they're going to stay on time. Mm. But nobody said anything to me. Just like, oh, yeah, the doctor will be with you in a moment. Uh, bullshit. She's got four more people to see, all with 15-minute allocated appointments. Uh, that's an hour, which is about how long I waited. So I could have gone and had a cup of coffee somewhere. I could have gone and done the shopping that I was doing on my way home, which I was getting cranky about because the shops were going to shut and it was rushed. And then I had to get to the pharmacy. So it just could be handled a lot more um customer in a more customer focused way yeah so this comes back to if you're a, a trade business you know just being up front with your customers uh, if you're going to run late communication and tell them that now 
some of the vagaries of being a maintenance plumber or, or an appliance repairman or whatever it is that you do is that often when we visit jobs, we come across things that we couldn't know about. Because when we pull your thing apart, it's it's like you know opening up your leg. It's like whoa, we didn't expect to find this stuff. Uh, so it's about explaining and educating people up front. Say now we may be late. We usually run on time. If in the in the off chance that we do get caught with some crazy issue at our appointment prior to you, we'll text you straight away and let you know so that you're not sitting by the front door waiting to let us in. You can make a cup of tea or go and hang the washing out or whatever it is that you need to do. And I think it's just actually talking about the elephant in the room and and one of my mentors years ago said speak to the skepticism before it speaks to you and it's just that thing about getting on the front foot and being proactive about this stuff and it's almost setting yourself up for a fall and then delighting people because like oh you are on time it's like yeah look we did come across an issue but we managed to sort it we got them patched up and up and running again and uh, now we're here to to give you 100% of our focus and the other thing is that you're also saying look yes we may run late because we are trying to do the best job possible with the customer before so you can actually turn it to say you know if we are running late it's because we really want to do a good job we don't want to rush it and half do it so we will be a little bit later than expected but you can be sure we'll give you the same do the same for you yeah, instead of hurrying to be on time for the next appointment because we don't want them to be cranky because we were late, we'd rather do a good job while we're here with you, which is what you're paying us for, isn't it? Uh, so I think that's a big sticking point. You know, if we talk about making it easy to buy, this whole uh, running on time thing and how people inquire and engage our services in the first instance, I think there's a massive opportunity there for someone who's thinking a little bit differently and maybe hops into their customer's shoes and has a look at their business and the way they do things, just really makes that nice, fluid um, engagement at the front end of of, uh, the customer-business relationship. So true. The next part is, so, you know, I book you online, you turn up 20 minutes late, but I don't care because you texted me an hour ago to say, hey, we just did a snag on this job. Rather than leave these people hanging, we're going to finish this hope you're okay with that does that still work for you and i text you back and say all good i'll go watch another episode of friends um you turn up you do the job we shake hands it's all good i'll assume you do all the simple stuff like take your boots off and clean up after yourself and all the things that we've talked about in previous episodes the next part often gets a bit funky which is payment and i'm still i'm amazed at the number of tradies that still pretty much have an old school payment system where I actually get a paper invoice in the mail after the job's been done about a week later and I open it up and I knew it was going to be that because you told me but it's like you know I kind of forgot about that and then I opened this a week later and I spent the money that I was supposed to have aside to pay you that bill you know how it goes yeah and I look at the number and it's like whoa oh yeah geez wish he'd sent me just give me this on the day I would have paid it I had the money kind of thing so you just don't want to create any friction around payment because then what's going to happen is I'll do the whole, well, he took a week to get me the bloody invoice. I'll take a week to give him the money. And I know if you're listening, you had this in your business. Yeah. Uh, so you just don't want to give people any reasons or excuses to drag out the payment to you. If you're tardy getting the bill to me, I'm going to be tardy getting it back to you. And to be honest, I'm going to use it against you. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many options out there now, whether it's payments 
you know, electronically through when you send your invoice, it has a payment link, mobile FPOS machines, card readers, all that kind of stuff now. And there's some really exciting stuff coming up, which um, will blow people's minds by the end of uh, August on some really cool new stuff uh, coming out in this area, which we'll talk about. But it's there's no excuse now not to make it easy for people to deal with you, whether it's paying or booking or however they communicate with you. I mean, even simple things like uh, I know PayPal. You can do, you can transfer money from phone to phone. I know one of the big banks does it as well. You literally just send a text to the person, and the money goes into their account. Like it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, no, and it's very easy. Even if you you know you can't take payments on site, at least you can be sending the invoice directly the same day, you know, as you're leaving and, and getting back in your van and things like that. So there is no invoice surprise. Oh, yeah, no, I need to pay that and, and go from there. And I, I think worst case is you go back to the office that night or the next day and the invoice is on the email. Like that's that's a, probably a baseline level. If you're writing out invoices and sending them in the mail, I really, I really think you've got to get into 2015 and catch up with best practice in business um, because the reason I get so fired up about this stuff is because I see people getting left behind um, and they're missing out on business because that affects your word of mouth, it affects your, your return or repeat business. Um, people will be less likely to refer you on, even if it's just an unconscious thing about they might not be saying, oh, he was a pain in the neck because he didn't you know, use PayPal to text me his invoice. Um, but it's just one of those, another little tiny thing and maybe, you know, there was some footprints in the front door because you took three steps in and then realized that you forgot to take your boots off. Like all those little tiny things add up. And when someone says to me three weeks later, oh, hey, was, uh, mate, my hot water service has just died. Do you know any good plumbers? Be like, nah. He said good plumbers. Um, yeah, well, his plumbing was okay, I suppose, but geez, the bill was a bit of a shock two weeks later. And like, that's kind of the process that, that consumers' brains go through. Mm. Uh, whereas if everything was just slick and I booked you online and everything was clean and you know I got the invoice as promised on the day uh, and I had any method of payment, whether it was credit card or BPAY or whatever, um, I'd be saying, yeah, you know what? Look, it, it wasn't cheap, but... They're very professional, um, easy to deal with. I booked them online. Go try these guys. It's going to be much more top of mind. Uh, and I think it's harder to do that these days because there is competition and there is social media. So you've got to be looking at ways to actually stand out um, rather than just kind of do it the way things have always been happening. So taking payment, it's a bit one of those icky things where we kind of sometimes are a bit reluctant to ask for the money. But you know what? If you've done a good job and you've done all that other stuff and you've followed all the things that Michaela and I and all of our guests bang on about, then you've got no right to actually be worried about asking for the money because you've given good value. Yeah, and you're not going to uh, welcome money and abundance in your life if you're rejecting it all the time. Yeah, it's like, Sorry, well, could you there. please pay me for something that I did for you? You know, so, yeah. So ask for the money and make it easy for me to pay you, right? I, I like credit card because... I do the whole recycling thing with the line of credit and I love the rewards points because apparently we spend a lot of money in my house. But, uh, you know, we collect the rewards points, so I like to pay by credit card. And if you want to pass on the fees, knock yourself out, but just don't make a big deal out of it. Uh, build it into your price. Seriously, put your rates up 2%. You know, instead of charging me 80 bucks an hour, charge me 81.60 an hour. 
you'll more than cover your credit card fees and you don't even have to talk about it. It's like, yep, we take Amex. How easy would that be? The number of places I go to that I say, oh, do you take Amex? Oh, no, the bloody fees on those things are they're terrible. We don't take that card. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, do you want my money? Like, i got an Amex card. Now, yes, I have MasterCard, purely because places don't take Amex. Yeah, but why should they have Amex if... Most people, okay, we're going to go a bit off track. <laughs> but if most people don't have just an Amex card, so why would I bother having a dearer merchant? They don't get that. Because some people like to pay with Amex. Yeah, but you'll still pay with something else. They'll, I'm not force, lose me. You. They'll force me to pay with something else, yes. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to probably go elsewhere and use your Amex. So. Uh, I could go to the coffee club instead of the local cafe. Coffee's not quite as good. There's a great example, right? So I'm a coffee addict. And one of the rating, you know, I've got like a, an internal mental rating system for what makes oh, a good cafe. Go. Yeah. One of my pet peeves is that I can't pay for a coffee with my PayPass credit card because they have a $10 minimum. I won't get back. If yeah. I just want to stop in, grab a cup of coffee, if I've got, if I've got no cash on me... That's, I, that's a different argument to Amex. I know, I'm talking on, about Amex. But, but this is the whole thing, right? If I just want to wave my thing yeah. for a $4 cup of coffee. Yep. There are a number of cafes. It's like, sorry, we have a $10 minimum. And it's like, uh, well, I don't have any cash. Okay, well, buy something else. So well, I don't want to. Keep your damn coffee. So that's that's just another sticking point of making it hard to buy. Make the coffee $4.10. Amex thing. Uh, I know some people who only have Amex. They don't have Master and Visa. There, well, there probably isn't many, but the point is, if I want to pay with an Amex card, and I'm pretty sure I don't represent a tiny minority of consumers, otherwise the big guys wouldn't offer it, there must be enough people out there paying with Amex. No, I, I disagree. If I, if we don't take Amex, I wouldn't even look at it. This is Why? Like, because most people either have an alternative, so I don't need to cater for the minority that would have an Amex in this in this situation. I have to disagree with you, Warwick. So what about the places that only take cash? <clears throat> well, I don't agree with them. <laughs> no, but you... Everybody but my, has cash. That's right. So you should take cash. You should take credit card or FPOS. Uh, I just don't they, think you need to take, take Amex. Card. What about the places that don't take FPOS? Yeah, no, that's different. That's annoying. I'm talking For you, to, yes. But see, this is... The, and this is the but, point but I'm making. You have, but not many people have an Amex. So why H- is Hang on, what business? are you basing that on? They don't. That's because nowhere takes it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Every major retailer and service provider, fuel stations, everybody takes Amex. Yeah, but I, you're not going to go to another plumber because I don't take Amex. No, I'm using the Amex as an example. But I'm just okay. showing you for our. I'm audience. not. Here we go. So for our audience, let's say in the trade business, you're not going to go to another plumber. On the Amex issue. No, I wasn't suggesting that. Okay. I'm just saying, if you didn't have credit card facilities, that's different. Just picking Ooh, up on maybe the Maybe to you, Michaela. But, but to somebody listening, they might go, a credit card? Who pays for their plumbing on credit card? Can't you just EFT the money? And this is the point. You've got to find out what your consumers want. This is a bit like the, the mobile number versus fixed line yep. debate is it doesn't matter a rat's what Michaela and I think. And we could argue this point all day and we're going to continue this after we turn off the microphones, I can tell you. Uh, but the point is go find out what your customers want because if, if you surveyed your customers and found out that they're all wankers like me that want to use Amex, then it would be a good idea to offer Amex. 
But if you find out that it's just me and seventy three, the other seventy three percent of your consumers are happy to use Mastercard or Visa, then just tell me you're really sorry, but you know we only do Mastercard and Visa. But don't make a big deal out of the fact that it's because of the fees and why would you want to use that? Which is what some businesses have said to me, Mm. which is crazy. Anyway, (laughs) I've just thought of another thing that really annoyed me about recently. It is on topic. we got charged a travel fee from a trade person to come to our house. Oh, ouch. Because we live a little bit out of town. Was never told about that. That's fair, though. Till the second time they came out. So we got two travel fees before we got the bill. Ooh. Now, the travel fee was um, 100 bucks each way. So it wasn't... You know, a nominal thing. It wasn't nominal. We so weren't that told was an extra it. 400 bucks. Yeah. We weren't told about it on a big plumbing job. Now, just we'd like to hear, if, I, I would. I reckon this is a good one, jump on our Facebook page, Tradies Business Show on Facebook, and tell us what you think. Have you had, uh, do you charge travel fees? Um have you had an experience being charged a travel fee like Michaela, who is has just gone very red in the face, I can tell you? So I don't have an issue with you charging a travel fee if you think you need to do that and you service my area. Uh-huh. Don't service my area if you think that you need to put extra costs in to travel to my area because I'm sure there's other plumbers in the area that can do that. If you are going to charge one, you have to let your customers know before they book. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely cannot have that as a hidden fee when they get the invoice after the second visit. Oh, it was ropeable. Mm. Couldn't believe it. You and, can't charge me trouble. And fee. to be honest, and I'm not suggesting that, that you do this as a consumer, but you know, you'd be well within your rights not to pay that if it wasn't actually included in the quote or in the terms and conditions up front. Mm. Which is why, as a listener, it's important that you have your terms and conditions and your contracts and your quote acceptances and everything done well and done properly and professionally because if you got somebody like me who refused to pay your travel fee and wanted to pay by Amex, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, you're going to find it a bit tough and whatever the outcome, it doesn't matter. It's going to leave a bad taste in the mouth of that consumer and social media being what it is, you just never know. They could be that keyboard warrior that... You know, says bad stuff about you or gives you a half-star rating on Google or something like that. And so. I've told at least 10 people um, by name about this plumber because it annoyed me so much. Mm. So, and, they don't, and the thing is, that plumber, I guarantee they don't know that. Mm. Although if they're listening to the show now... No, they don't listen, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and the other thing is, like, I know a lot of people and they come to me because we're in the industry going, who would you recommend? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you know, and even if I wasn't in the industry um, and on air, you know, you still don't want to leave right. a bad taste in people's mouth. So it just it's all about communication and making it easy for people. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, the payment side, there can be some sticky points around that. You know, maybe you should offer Amex. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> but um, credit card payments, you know, even PayPal is pretty easy these days. Lots of people have PayPal accounts, uh, particularly if you're doing business to business. So just, again, think about what your consumers want. No one cares what you want or what you think is normal or 
sensible for your business. Um, what's sensible for your business, as Michaela said, is to get more customers, keep them, and get them referring new ones to you as well. Uh, so you should be doing what they want. Um, and again, one of, another mentor of mine, uh, his secrets to success in business, he's got a few, uh, is find out what they want, go out and get it, and give it to them. And that whole thing of finding out what your customers want and going out and getting it and giving it to them is the easy bit. So um, is now an appropriate time to talk about how we find out what our customers want? Or have we got some more things to talk about? Are there some more sticky points in that whole uh, buying timeline that we've had oh, everyone look, map I'm, out? I'm sure there is, but we have rambled for a little while today. <laughs> Let's maybe stop the lecturing for today. Whoa, half an hour of ranting. <clears throat> yes, so maybe we have an upcoming episode on how to work out what your customers want. Let's do a teaser to a new episode. Ooh, so you'll have to listen to the next one that we'll flag as part two yep. of the uh, Make It Easy to Buy That's it. episodes. Um, so the first part is... A bit of discovery. So uh, I guess if we were to put a bow on this one, Michaela, I'd be saying map out your process from when someone makes an inquiry through buying from you, you do the quote, all that sort of stuff. We haven't even talked about delivering the quote or the proposal and how to make all that really cool and easy and fluid. Um, but map that out and just start to think through, okay, what are we doing? How are we feeling inquiries from people? Is this easy for people? Are we making it easy for them to pay? Are we being prompt and professional with all of those steps? So just start to think critically about your process. And then uh, Michaela and I will hit the studio again uh, soon-ish, soon, and we'll do uh, part two of this rambling Make It Easy to Buy episode, and, uh, and we'll talk about some ways you can actually find out exactly what it is your customers want, and then design your business around that. And you know what? Unicorns will sing, and <laughs> you know angels will fly past, and they'll just drop big fat wads of hundreds in your bank account. Oh, just like that. <laughs> So, we must mention also, August is a very important month, Warwick. Uh, it's my dad's birthday. Uh, it's my birthday. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Just a gentle reminder there. Yeah, okay. But uh, you haven't missed it yet. I'll get you some heavy honours. <laughs> <laughs> it's or Amex. In- no, they don't take no, Amex. No, I can't no, buy them. No, I don't want Amex. Uh, it's Trady's Health Month. It is. This month, which is uh, all about... Uh, workplace health and safety, mm-hmm. as well as looking after yourself, and um, that's physically and mentally, as well as workplace bullying, and there's heaps of fact sheets on tradieshealth.com.au. Go through ankle problems, back pain, all that kind of stuff, and there's actually a, a sheet on there about using mobile phones on right. the job sheet, job site, and of course, everyone wants to carry their mobile phone listening to us all day, the oh, Tradies absolutely. Business Show. Yep. So it is important health message that we say, look, you know, there probably is times that you have to turn us off. I know you're not going to want to. I find that hard to believe. I know. <laughs> but when you're on the job site, you know, there's all the things about having rules with the mobile phones mm-hmm. and being able to hear things and using forklifts, perhaps having, mm-hmm. you know, earphones in and all that kind of stuff isn't important. So it's important on a job site to be healthy and safe and all that good stuff. The other thing is a bit of digital detox now and again. Mm. Switch mm. off. Yeah. Unplug. Don't need to look at it every five minutes. Every Unplug, six minutes. Be wing, one with nature, <laughs> whatever it being. But tradieshealth.com.au has heaps of great uh, tips and tricks and videos and all sorts of things there to make your workplace and your life healthier. And uh, while we're on the whole phone thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a plug to another of our show supporters, Tradies VA. 
uh, tradiesva.com.au. So, you know, this whole thing about answering your phone. I had a conversation with a guy recently that literally almost fell off a roof trying to get to his mobile phone to answer the damn thing. Ah, so part of Tradies Health Month should be, do you answer your own phone on a roof? That's right. So uh, what Tradies VA do is um, actually take that away from you. So you can switch your phone off, but never miss a call. So you actually have your own remote receptionist professionally answer your phone in the name of your business. And rather than just take a message and then you have to spend three hours at the end of the day returning all the phone calls... We actually uh, have Tradies VA's receptionists book jobs directly into your online calendar or job management system. They can confirm appointments, follow up quotes, all sorts of uh, cool stuff. And essentially, from as little as 22 bucks a day, the team at Tradies VA can uh, set you up with your very own full-time receptionist without having all the hassles of hiring them in-house. And making it easier for your customers to buy from you. Hey, there you go. See what I did there? There's a big loop around to the uh, topic of the show. So uh, check out um, Tradies Health Month at uh, tradieshealth.com.au and uh, our show supporter, Tradies VA at tradiesva.com.au. And on that note, we will say hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.